Well, good morning and welcome once again. Excuse my voice, it's been uh, giving me a little bit of trouble the last couple of days. So if I uh, take a little break, it's not a dramatic pause, I'm just taking a sip of water. Um, so um, according to the calendar, today must be our Thanksgiving message. And uh, as I was reflecting back, it's usually a general kind of theme we're used to hearing around this time. And I'm uh, going to give you something a little a little more different today. Instead of the, the nice juicy white meat, we're going to get into the dark meat a little bit. First, let's, uh, to get us started, let's start off in the book of Psalms, the 100th one. And we're going to read through it. Psalms 100, 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye land, serve thy Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that he is the Lord, that he is God, that he has made us, not ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into the gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to, to receive your word today, Father. We ask you to open our hearts and minds to receive it, Lord. And I ask you to take myself out of the way, Father. Let your true message shine through the day, Father, so we can hear it. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Uh, so, uh, Thanksgiving. And uh, not so much by my plan, but by uh, God's plan. We had already talked a little bit about Thanksgiving during our troubleshooting God. And uh, one way that we use Thanksgiving, you can look in the Word of God, and the word Thanksgiving comes up many times. God tells us to be thankful, to have a thankful heart. And we understand from the our first part of our studies, troubleshooting that, Thanksgiving is a, a tool for us. For one thing, it gives us something that we can use while we are waiting upon the Lord. Because so many times, you know, we let our human side take over. We fall into fear. We fall into doubt. We fall into worry. So we find ourselves begging and pleading and going to God over and over again with the same request we've already asked for that he's already said yes and amen to. But we're unsure because we're falling out of faith, because we're waiting, we're in panic. That's where Thanksgiving can come in. It allows us to channel our feelings. So instead of going to God and requesting the same thing over and over, we can go to God with praise. We can go to God with a thank you, Father. Thank you for your hearing my prayer. Thank you that you're working on this. Thank you this is about to happen. And we just begin to slowly change our whole mindset from a system of fear and worry and doubt to a system of faith where we know that God is going to come through for us. Thanksgiving allows us to build our relationship with God. It builds our faith. It builds our trust in Him. It tightens that connection. But there's more to that. And uh, let's look at the our modern world that we live in and how Thanksgiving fits into that or is getting pushed out of it. You know, it used to be you could 
go by the numbers on the calendar, and it would coincide with the holidays, the seasons. And that don't happen much anymore. We uh, used to count on that when October 1st turned around. That was the start of fall. It was the, the start of the Halloween season, and we'd have that process. But as soon as the last day of the month ended, that ended as well, and we could move into our, our area of, of Thanksgiving. But year after year after year, them windows are being closed. We find now that the Halloween season is running over into November. And the juggernaut of Christmas is beginning to begin sooner and sooner. We see before they ever take the Halloween decorations out of the store, they're already putting up the Christmas trees. We see that as the skeletons come down, the Christmas lights come up. And it used to be that it was one magical shopping day a year, the day after Thanksgiving, that was marked. But anymore, it's now became a month-long thing, and it's hard to even keep up with everything that's going on. They start November 1st, running this deal and that deal, trying to maximize every sale and every profit. Myself, I put in a lot of hours between work and family and other obligations. And sometimes the, the holidays can really just creep up on you pretty quick. It seems like every year it keeps moving faster and faster. And uh, not to want to overlook it and to try to get into the spirit, we, uh, you want to listen to the, the sounds of the season. And you know, for the, for the Halloween time, like it or not, there's significant playlists that you can pull up and we can hear songs about the the monsters mashing and the spooky skeletons and the other things that go on during that time and then of course christmas we free have our our hymns that we we hear and hear in church we have the classic christmas songs we have the modern christmas songs and each one has been recorded and re-recorded and just like that, also, too, there's a smorgasbord of things to watch on TV. Every kind of special that you can think of for these two holiday seasons. So what do we do when we go to, to look up our, our Thanksgiving playlist? You know, we want to hear songs about gathering together. We want to hear songs about eating. We want to hear songs about family. Unfortunately... They aren't any. We don't have much along the lines other than our, our tried and true Peanuts Thanksgiving special they air every year. That's even been taken away from the local sites now and dominated by one. We just don't have that. And I wonder, you know, why that is. And the reason is that we don't have nothing to greedily gain from it. Because people are not all that interested in being thankful. See, with the other holidays, we can 
get allured with everything else that goes around with it. We take Christmas, for example, which is what we have determined as a time to celebrate as our birth of our Lord and Savior. We've designated that day for that. But yet there is millions of people that celebrate the holiday, enjoy the season, but do not believe. For them, it's just a a figure. It's just something that we decorate with and has no significance. But there's so much else that is crowded around it. The food, the snacks, the decorations, the presents, that the, the origin or what it means doesn't matter. Same with Halloween. We talked about that during that time. It's the things that we do, the fun that we absorb during that time. So we have this holiday that's sandwiched in the middle that doesn't give that same allure. Because other outside of a few grocery stores selling a few extra turkeys, green beans, and sweet potatoes, there's not a big profit margin. It doesn't fit in that top five profitable holidays. There's other things to be done. As the world, through the guidance of Satan, pushes away the family structure, we see less and less of a reason for families to come together, to celebrate, to enjoy one another's company. We have all these other things that are there to take its place, to overshadow it. There'll be people that'll be shopping. There'll be people that'll be standing in line. There'll be people that'll be indulging in the other distractions and taking us away from being thankful. Now the thing is, we should thrive for a thankful heart Not just one day a week. Not just when the calendar tells us to. Not just this one day a year. But every day. Every day we should have a thankful heart. Thankfulness coincides with our prayers. It coincides with our relationship with God. I was watching a popular TV show the other day and uh, before it took place in a flashback, we see how the, the man, he came across the landowner and he'd had a troubled childhood and the landowner took him under his wing and he put him to work shoveling stalls horse stalls lowest thing you can do on a ranch and 
taught him how to work hard and gave him all these skill sets. And eventually that boy grew up and became the man that was basically running the whole operation. And then he had the opportunity to do the same for another young lad. And he put him to work doing the same thing. And he told him what the secret was to how to succeed in all this. Even though he was doing a less than task, something that none of us would find as very adventurous, very worthwhile, or very much fun. It's something that has to be done. And even though he was doing that, and he was working hard and being up before everyone else, he told him and said, the one thing you have to do is, is realize that you don't deserve it. And I thought about that. And uh, that sounds kind of harsh. Especially when we work and we do and we build. But that is so true. God has given us so much. Not because we earned it. Not because we inherited it. Not because we did good for it. We did none of these things. He gave us all to us. He gives us everything, not because we deserve it, because we don't. But we get the mentality that we do. We are living in a world now that is so self-absorbed. That is so about what we deserve. And the fact is, we don't deserve it. We'll hear these people, how they say they started with, with nothing, with just a $1,000 loan, with just a $5,000 loan, how they built this empire up. But what they left out is, is God. Because no matter how great you think you are, no matter what you think you've accomplished, you cannot do nothing without God in your life. And I would be very concerned because I know one day you're going to get tired of hearing it. You're going to be in one of two places, walking in the light or walking in the dark, walking with God or walking with Satan. You know, and I'd like to think that I've done some good things and I'm proud of some of my accomplishments, but the thing is, they're not my accomplishments alone. Nothing I have done, I could not have done without God. I am not standing here today without God by my side. That's helping me to make this happen. And I realize that. And I realize that no matter where I go from this point forward, God has to be there with me. And that is my only chance of success. But there are others 
that think that they are everything that they need and is the, the what-all and the end-all. But the scary part about that is if they don't have God in their corner, if that's not their driving force, then what is? Because, you know, Satan, he'll let you get big. He'll let you have all kinds of things and do all kinds of things. He'll let you do it as long as it's working in his favor. You know, God's going to let you do what you want to do, free will. And if it works out, he's going to let that slide. And if it doesn't work out, he's going to let that slide. So you either come back to his fold because everything's went so amiss that you have no other place to go or that you have to cry out to him because he's the only one that can pull you out of it. See, Satan's not going to do that. Satan's going to let you be successful. And he's going to let you accomplish things. But when it comes to the point when you are no longer an asset for him, that you are no longer fulfilling his agenda, he don't care when it all comes apart. In fact, he's going to find joy in it. That he allowed you to rise and fall. He used you and destroyed you. All because of his will. All because you weren't with God. So, we have people today that think that they are better. That they are the only ones that can make decisions. Former President Barack Obama said that people in general cannot make decisions for themselves. That they need them to be able to control their lives. To be able to rule over them. Because they can't do it for themselves. But that's not what God says. God gives us free will. God instructed us to avoid kings. That he is our leadership. He is where our knowledge comes from. We have these, these politicians that think they are the, the end all. That... They think that what they say is so right, they are willing to go to any means to push through exactly what they want to do. And it doesn't matter what the outcome is. It doesn't matter how many people get hurt, how good or bad it is for people in general. They just want their rule to be pushed through because they feel they are so right. There's a, a, a consensus about what makes a good leader. And there are things that there needs to be a ton of age for wisdom and experience. There needs to be life experience. There needs to be education. 
There needs to be military experience. There needs to be all these different things that we say that a good leader needs to have. What a good leader needs to have is a God-first attitude. Because none of us are to rise above anyone else. Just because I'm up here today and I'm talking to all of you doesn't mean that I'm any smarter, I'm any better. I'm just the tool that God is using to speak to all of you. I am no different than the device you're listening to, the speaker over there on the wall. I am just a speaker. Anything that I do, that I put out there, it is inspired by God. It's because that's what he wants out. And sometimes I do a better job than others. That's because I'm human. That's because I'm an unqualified person that God is working with. Well, this is not the attitude of many. And they think that they are it. We see examples of how when people fall from God, when we take God out of the equation, we look at Solomon. He had infinite wisdom. He had God on his side until he decided to turn away from him. We see that King David, he was not the most qualified person for the job. He was not what anyone pictured when they said, okay, go pick a king. He was not even in the running. But yet, he had the one thing that it took to be a good leader. And that was, he had a heart after God. I believe that anyone that truly has a heart for God can be a good leader because it's God that qualifies the person. It doesn't matter the background. It doesn't matter the experience. It matters what's in the heart. First Thessalonians 5 and 18. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything, give thanks. We have a hard time giving thanks. We have a hard time giving thanks for the things that we know without a shadow of a doubt that we can be thankful for. We have a hard time being thankful for each other. And we sure have a hard time being thankful for God. Because even in the times when we 
pray and we're having faith and we're wanting God to answer, we are calling upon Him. When He comes through, where's our thanksgiving? What do we have to say to Him? When God hears us, when God blesses us, what do we do? Oh, look what I did. Look how this happened. Look at my good fortune. Look at this luck. God's nowhere in it. And then this be thankful in everything. In everything, give thanks. That does mean everything. So how am I supposed to be thankful when bad things happen to me? How am I supposed to be thankful when things are not going as planned, when I'm in a difficult situation? Well, that takes a little bit of experience. It takes a little bit of time. It takes a little bit of study. A whole lot of faith, some prayer. God doesn't let us mindfully suffer. He's not up there pointing his finger and giggling, saying, ha ha, look at you. He's not punishing us for some past behavior. He's not the orchestrator of bad things happening to us. That's where Satan comes in. That's where sin comes in. That's where our own doings come in. God's simply allowing it to happen. And again, not for his entertainment, not for his pleasure, but for our benefit. And see, that's where the the difficulty comes in. Because many of us don't understand God, who he is, why he is, or anything about him. We, he, we cling to the, the bits and pieces that we've decided to hold on to, the uh, cute little Sunday school stories, the little nuggets that we get off social media, these little things like that. And, you know, we always get put out about the our loving God. And yes, God is loving. God is great. God is all these things. Well, one reason that I talk about so much of the other side, our part, what we're not doing, and the struggles that we have, and the things that we need to be doing, you know, it's not all about the hope and the joy and, and all these promises. It, all that stuff doesn't do any good if we do not know how to get there. And I get so disheartened when I hear people preach over and over again about all these wonderful things that God does. Because he does. That's all true. But they don't tell us how it works, how to activate it, how to bring down the power of the kingdom of heaven. And then we're sitting here waiting for just something magical to happen. And then it doesn't. And we're discouraged by God, but not because of his fault, not because of anything he's done, because we don't have the proper instructions. We didn't understand the assignment. 
Give thanks in all things. You know, sometimes we can just, just look and we can see how even though it's uncomfortable, it's difficult, in the end, it's making us better. In my secular life, I'm an engineer, I'm a builder, and I'm constantly being challenged with harder and harder projects. I'm presented with something, and of course, in these trying times, we don't want to turn down work. We don't want to turn down income. So, even though it's going to be difficult and challenging, we have to step up to the plate and we have to make it happen. And sometimes that can be you know, challenging to our psyche. You know, why can't we just be more successful in the stuff they're already good at? You know, it's always, we're always trying to go a little bit further, do a little bit more. But without that push, without that struggle, you wouldn't reach to that next level. You wouldn't be taking on the more challenging things that you do. And just not in my life. This is in everybody's life. We always have that little bit of struggle. These are the things that strive us to, to go back and get more education. These are the things that strive us to work up and get that promotion. These are the things that push us into a different field, a different line of work, because we're struggling in one area and we're needing to excel in another. And the combination of the two is giving us a push in the right direction. At the time, it, it seems bad. And we don't want to be thankful for that because we're stressed out, we're worried, we're being challenged and all these things. But those are the times when we need to be the most thankful because it's pushing us in another direction. It's pushing us up. It's pushing us to do better. And each time that I'm challenged like that or we're challenged like that, our skill set is rising. Our ability is rising. And pretty soon, that thing that was a challenge, that was a difficult, becomes second nature. And then what do we can do? We can take the building blocks of that and the things we've learned before and start putting things together to even be do greater and grander things. Jesus told us that we were going to do things that, like he did and things that are better than what he did. And if you look at the life of Jesus, it was not a life of luxury. He was not treated as a king. It was not a very fun ministry. People thought he was a joke. People wanted to trip him up, throw him in jail. And eventually they crucified him. Not good times. Even as a child, his own mom and dad didn't realize who he was. But there was that push. We were his driving force. We want to do better for our families, we want to do better for ourselves. Was Jesus, we were that driving force. He looked upon us, he looked upon the world. And he was the only thing that could save us. 
We were his driving force. We don't live in a world that is thankful. These generations that are coming up now, these younger generations, they have a completely different mindset than the generations of past. Used to be we took pride in hard work. We took pride in honesty and integrity. And that's not the case anymore. We have these college-age kids now and they embrace ideas like socialism. We live in the United States of America and at one time was the greatest nation on earth. Now, I don't know if we can honestly say that. But it's because we could go and we could do and we had freedoms and we could literally be anything we wanted to be. All you had to do was was work hard, maintain your integrity, keep your honesty, keep your name. But now... We live in an era where no one wants to work. And on top of that, we think that people that are successful need to be penalized for their success and spread their wealth around. That everything that we have that someone else should be able to have a part of. And that's simply not what God has in mind. We're to, to work together as equals, not at the expense of others. How can we be thankful for our lack? Our lack of hard work, our lack of skill, our lack of drive. They're the things that we can't be proud of, that we can't be thankful for. But everything that we gain honestly, we gain through integrity, those are the things that we should be thankful for. Thankful that we have the ability. And we uh, go back to our troubleshooting series. You know, we always don't like where we're at. But we need to be thankful that we're there. Because without being there, you cannot get to the next step. And we need to be happy where we're at right now. If we want God to trust us with more, for us to be able to engage with more, we have to be good stewards of what we already possess. And that is simply not the case. We don't care about things that were so important. We used to care about the American dream, having a family. That's gone to the wayside. We used to 
want to be homeowners. That's gone to the wayside. The modern generation doesn't even care about driver's license anymore. It used to be that was a signification of freedom. The American automobile was a lifeline, was a symbol, and now it's not important anymore. When we stop caring about things, when nothing becomes important, there's nothing to be thankful for. We have a mindset of, I deserve. And that's what the world keeps putting out. Because God, let's go back now. God tells us to be thankful. Over and over again, he says, be thankful. Thankful heart. Thanksgiving. So Satan hears that and he's got to have us do just the opposite. So he wants us to be selfish and demanding and think we're deserving. And that's exactly what he's getting. In California, they feel like that poverty is a, a big issue. So one way they decided to combat that is to allow people to steal lawfully. So they feel like if you're lacking something that you can just go into a, uh, a store and, you know, get you your food or your water, whatever the case may is. But the problem is, well, <laughs> there's many problems with that. Many problems. There's a lot better ways. But these people are thinking they are deserving. So they're not collecting food. They're not collecting things that you need to survive. No. I seen one news clip where they went in and they loaded up three large flat screen TVs. Loaded them up in the back of the car. And since they fell underneath that dollar amount that's put you in the safe zone, you know, there was nothing they could do about it but watch them leave. And they were were, were rude. And, and if you just listen to what they would say, get out of my way. That is my TV. The attitude was, I, I deserve it. Even though I've done nothing for it, I've done nothing to earn it, it's mine. I deserve it. But it's what Satan keeps putting out into the world. He tells us that if we have a certain color of skin, that you're deserving. He tells us if we are of a certain gender or lack of, that we are deserving. He tells us if we are of a certain social class that we are deserving. Not because of anything that we have done, because of our past and our past ancestors and our past and our past and our past. You know that any of us, we could do a little bit of research and find slavery. We can find oppression. We can find... 
ridicule. We can find mockery. We can find all these things that's happened. No matter where we come from, what your genetics are made up of, what your sex, race, creed is, somewhere along your lineage, there's going to be times that you are not treated properly. But the people of the day didn't cause that. And we can't go back and rewrite history. And then here on the flip side, while we're doing that same research, we can also find out that people in our lineage also did those kind of things to people. Because why? We are all sinners. And we're trying to do what's already been done. See, we're trying to, to pass laws and, and give out money and special privileges. And we're trying to set everything right of all the sins of the world that people have done to one another. But that debt has already been paid by Jesus. Jesus has came. He paid the ultimate sacrifice to forgive all sins. So we have a bunch of politicians and people with ideologically that are trying to play God. They are applying to do what Jesus has already done. And all it does is cause division. We have some wonderful gifts. First, we have the gift of life. We were allowed to come into this world. We are allowed to, to do and accomplish things and live. We have laughed. We have cried. We've had relationships. We've done all of these things because of God. And then that wasn't enough because we messed up. Mankind messed up. We continue to mess up. So he sent his son to save us so we could have everlasting life, so we could have our connections restored, so we could have our prayers answered, so we can have abundance. And that wasn't enough. We have a God that gives. We have a God that protects. We have a God that shows mercy. We have a God that answers prayers, not because we're thankful, not because we're deserving, because he loves us. And that's not enough. But yet we want to complain. We want to change things. We don't allow ourselves to be happy. We want to redefine 
what a, a human is. We want to redefine what gender is. We want to redefine what a family is. When God's already set the standard and the standard works. And the standard is the ultimate way to succeed happiness. If you're not happy, you're doing it wrong. You're not following the right instruction manual. God has told us everything that we need to know. He's already set things in motion. He has set us up. He prepared the garden, then he put man in it. We need to be thankful with everything. We need to allow God to be our leader. And these ones that do not have God first and foremost, we need to do something different. We need to have godly people at the helm. We need people to realize that going against the word of God is not going to save the world. The world's already been saved. God's not going to let us destroy ourselves. God's not going to let the earth crumble. God's not going to let us overpopulate. Nowhere, shape, and time. He has it all under control. Your challenge for this week. Make it a challenge for the rest of the year. Make it a challenge for the rest of your life. Is to start finding things to be thankful for. Start off with the big ones. Lord, thank you I'm here. Thank you I'm able to get up. Thank you I'm able to, to go and do. Lord, thank you for my salvation. Be thankful for the people in your lives. Be thankful that even though you might not Truly enjoy the things that you have. Maybe you want that bigger house. Be thankful for the one you have. Be thankful for that vehicle to get you from place to place. Be thankful for that job even though you don't like it and need to do it. Thank you have a way to earn and to be able to provide. Remember when God answers our prayers to be thankful when he does. Be thankful while you're waiting. Try to turn everything you can into a way of giving thanks. Let the people know around you that you are thankful. And see if it doesn't make a change in your life.